What are you hoping for? Is this life all there is? Christians have a unique hope. We're going to talk about that and more in this episode. You are listening to The Essentials Podcast, episode number five, recorded live July 1st, 2013. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Live Chat Monday Evening, The Essentials Live. Good to be with you this week on uh, Monday, July 1st. We are right here in the middle of summer. Uh, hopefully this new, uh, we're using a little new program here from Google for our live chats. Hopefully it's working yes. out for you. Tonight's a special night. Uh, over on the right side of your screen, you can ask questions, make comments, and uh, join in the conversation. Tonight... We're going to be discussing some interesting stuff. Tonight's conversation is going to be led by Paul Anderson. He's going to facilitate our conversation, and we'll just um, take your questions and comments throughout and as needed. So please feel free at any time to jump in and, and make comments. All right. Thank you, Richard. Um, tonight's topic is future glory. That's the theme of the week. You preached on that yesterday. Um, so we're talking future glory, hope. Uh, the hope of a Christian, basically, is kind of a, a big theme here. So, let's uh, have you kick us off. Maybe before give us a hold on, recap. I forgot one major thing. Oh, okay. Before we get, we get going here, thing first is we are giving something away tonight. That's right. Yes, for, we are for making comments, asking questions. We want your participation tonight. And so, if there's one person in the chat room, you've got a really good chance to win. <laughs> and if there's five, still got a pretty good shot to win tonight. We are giving away. A free grilled pork loin meal. Uh, Mr. Anderson is probably one of the best grill masters in the Sioux Empire area. He'll be preparing. <laughs> By far. He'll be preparing the pork loin. We'll be hosting here at the McCorris House, and then Derek will be in charge of uh, hospitality, just hospitality yeah. kind of yeah. welcoming, parking your car, <laughs> those types of those types of things. So you're gonna be well taken care of for a night of fun at the McCorris household. Meat provided by Mr. Anderson. Uh, we'll provide everything else, and uh, Derek will be in charge of entertainment and hospitality. So, please, if you make a comment or question on the right side of your screen during the chat, we will enter you into the drawing for a uh, um, special meal. So, please take advantage of that opportunity. Don't miss out uh, on this fellowship opportunity. So, sorry about that delay there. Let's jump in now uh, to the conversation. No, we definitely had to mention that, so thank you. Um... I'm going to kick it back to you again, have you give us a little uh, rundown on the sermon yesterday, maybe hit some of the, the highlights, general themes that you spoke about yesterday, maybe give us that non-negotiable again and your PATs. Sounds good. Yesterday, goals, my goal yesterday was to bring some clarity for everyone on what is our hope, so we can get rid of confusion, so we can have clarity so that we can live with an eager expectation as followers of Jesus. Our non-negotiable yesterday was that the coming of Jesus and our transformation into final glory is our hope. The coming of Jesus and our transformation into final glory is our hope. And then I talked about the practical application of that. If we're going to live as though that truth is true, what's going to happen is we are going to grieve with hope. Even though we've got this amazing hope, we're still going to grieve. The Bible doesn't say you cannot mourn, you cannot grieve, but we grieve differently because we have a hope. Secondly, we're going to patiently endure. The Apostle Paul said that, hey, the present sufferings that I'm undergoing don't even compare with this awesome thing that's coming in the future. And so we're going to patiently endure. We're going to, what I would call, press on. We are going to work. We're going to keep on going, even in the midst of difficulty, because we know there's good to come. 
And then finally, we're going to seek first to the kingdom of God. It's very practical. The Lord's Prayer, one of the very first things we pray is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're actually praying that God's kingdom would come right now and that we would participate in that. So we would work day to day um, for God's kingdom, which means we would seek to be instituting the ways of God in our life. God reigns in all that we do. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Um, I'm just going to follow up right on that last point that you made and talk about, um, let's talk about the here and now a little bit and what is going on. Um, we read in, in Romans 8, which was your sermon text yesterday, where Paul talks about this glory to come and this magnificent hope that we do have. Um, and we know that that's God's plan for us. So, Derek, maybe we'll uh, have you discuss this a little bit. Where are we at right now in God's plan? How is that playing out right now that we can see? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a very important question to ask because we've sort of been taking a journey through the essentials of Christianity, and we've talked a lot about um, sort of what is God's plan for humanity. We're talking about how is God working um, in the world today, and we sort of talked about, well, the first thing is that God created the world. We talked about creation. We talked about God as the creator. We talked about what's wrong with the world. We talked about fall. We talked about the sin. And then when Jesus came, and we talked about Jesus coming and redeeming us, and him as the redeemer. And this leads us to a question, and it leads us to sort of where we're at, is this understanding that Jesus has truly come to earth. There was a point in time in history where Jesus came, and he redeemed our sins. And so we're sort of living in this time, well, after Jesus has already come. But as we read scripture, we sort of get this understanding, we get this point, it talks about it in Matthew, even talks about it in the Romans verse we talked about, talks about this idea that, well, Jesus is... You guys keep again. talking. We're getting some comments via our chat room that we're a little blurry. A little so blurry. We're work on our video picture. You guys keep talking theologically. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as Richard doesn't take us totally down, we can <laughs> we can keep talking. But one of the key things we need to look at with that is the fact that Jesus already came, but He's telling us that He's coming again, and this leads us into what is called the sort of the already and the not yet. And so Mm -hmm. we as Christians today, we're living in a world that Jesus has been to and and his kingdom is here. We can see fruits of the kingdom all the time. The Holy Spirit's here and it's working in in the world today. But yet it's not fully realized. And and this brings a big conundrum for a lot of Christians. How do I live today? What am I working for? What do I do? Do I just live in my justification and do nothing? Mm -hmm. Jesus said he's coming back. Does that just mean I sit and do nothing until he gets here? Um, when he does come back, does that mean that everything is going to be destroyed and it's just going to be awesome? Or, you know, what, where does the plan go? What, what was God thinking in sending Jesus once and then sending him again? And I think that's a question we're really here to answer tonight is mm-hmm. what now we we're living in, in a waiting period sort of, but yet the mm-hmm. kingdom's here. Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this was a point that Richard made yesterday too, is that all of us are hoping for something whether that's in a future glory with Jesus in heaven, whether that's uh, a hope in just our own, you know, careers or in our money or anything that we are finding solace in or that we're pursuing, we're all hoping for something and we're working towards that. And um, Rich, I might have you follow up on that just a little bit because what we're really talking about here when we talk about this future glory and what Paul's talking about is is hope. That's kind of the big capital letter word here that we're talking about. And that's, as a Christian, our hope is an eternity in heaven, in glory, in the presence of Jesus. Um, I want to just reference real quick, before I have you comment on that, is um, 
If any of you have read C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, he's got a fabulous chapter on hope that I would highly recommend. And one thing he says in here, um, I'm just going to read this quote. I could read the whole chapter, but I don't think we have time for that. I'm going to read this quote. He says, Most of us find it very difficult to want heaven at all, except insofar as heaven means meeting again our friends who have died. And what he's really getting at there is that as Christians, we this is our hope, yet we don't we struggle to live that way day to day in really just passionately, desperately wanting to be in heaven, which is really our true home. So I want to ask you that. Why don't we want heaven? Or why do we have such a hard time with that? Any thoughts for us on that? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, a couple of different thoughts come to mind. First is, and C.S. Lewis writes in other places, that we are far too easily satisfied. That We've got these longings in our heart. Mm-hmm. But what we do is, we see all of this physical stuff around us and different things. We think that can satisfy us. So then what we do is we recognize that, wow, this stuff really doesn't satisfy us. So what we do is then we think, well, in heaven, it's just going to be this stuff but better. And we're like, well, can it get much better? So we don't mm-hmm. long for it in that sense. So, that, But then the other problem is, is that heaven is really meant to describe the presence of God where God is in his fullness. Thing. And most of us are interested, really, in the things of this world. So we, re- we really like, we'd like perfection here in this world, but not necessarily perfection with God. Mm-hmm. So, for example, most of us would love to be in a place where we've got perfect abilities, um, no more sorrow, no more pain, but at the same time, it's not necessarily saying God has to be there. So we kind of want the gifts without the giver. So therefore, we don't really long for heaven that much. I guess I'll just summarize my confusing statement I just made. <laughs> is what it comes down to from my perspective is we want the gifts without the giver. Yeah. And therefore, we really don't want heaven that much because in heaven we get the giver thing. Mm-hmm. God, God is there. there we're going to get into other things in the coming weeks about life after life afterwards, but um, that's, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, a point I've read that C.S. Lewis does make is that he argues in fact we do want heaven and that's really what we're chasing and pursuing in all of these other things and like these idols that we pursue and all these different areas that we look for for fulfillment in our life what he's saying there is that what we're displaying there is our true desire for heaven it's just that we're misguided in where we're seeking those things Um, so I don't know Derek do you have any any thoughts to take that a little bit further? How can we change our focus there? How can we become more heavenly minded, um, not so stuck on this world maybe, but looking forward with anticipation to that world to come? Yeah, I think I think that that is the problem. And to change focus, I think that once again is sort of the beauty of how everything's tied together. That also comes back to just understanding truly everything is of the Creator. And I mean, even the things that we live in our life now and the things that we, you know, even as Christians or non-Christians, the things that we strive for really truly come from the one who holds the universe in his hands. And if, and if I think if we have a true understanding of God truly holds the universe, then the things that we strive for, we would want to be in the presence of the one who's giving us everything that we have. And, and to refocus, one of the things that I struggle with is always to look at it to remember that it's not really nothing that I am doing, but it's really that God's working through me. 
And, and if you can keep that focus and as you're striving to do things that God is working through you, you start to realize that God is doing things and God's doing things through others. And that to me helps me refocus on the fact that and when I'm living in this period now, this you know time before Christ comes back, that I am trying to um, I'm trying to work toward things of Christ and, and, and that in itself can help refocus your mind to understanding that. Mm-hmm. I want to be with the Creator, not with the things that He's created when he, when it comes to the end times. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, sometimes we struggle just so much with the reality of life here. I think we get wrapped up in that, and and we're we're often talking about well, how can I live for God here? What do I need to do on a daily basis to just get by and try to glorify Him? It, you know. I think we get we just get stuck in the here and now a little bit too much, and it, it seems like we have all we can handle with that. And maybe that's another reason why it's just difficult to to be thinking about all that. You know, we're in, we're entang we're entangled in so much day to day in regards absolutely. to anxiety and and worry. But part of freeing us from that anxiety and worry is also just elevating our vision a little bit. I mean, pers- if you hear it this way, maybe it's overstated. Is that perspective is everything? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it all depends on how you. How you look at something, you can it can completely change, a picture completely change depending on the angle that you're that you're looking at thing. And so perspective is everything. And a lot of times we're so entangled in worry and anxiety that if we just change our perspective about the very thing we're worrying about to a to a heavenly perspective, but really an eternal perspective, we'd go, well, it doesn't really matter. Think in this situation thing. There are things, of course, that um, that affect that we should spend time concerned about. But most things shouldn't drown us in anxiety if we have an eternal perspective. Yeah, and I, and I think, that, yeah, and I think the chat room brings up a great point on that in this talking about it. A lot of times for me, I find it hard because I do have life pretty good. And so for me to look past where I'm living right now in, in the USA, in South Dakota, with my job, and you know, those sorts of things, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to look past, kind of like you were alluding to, five minutes from now because, you know, what what I can live right now and be just fine for the next minute. I don't, I don't have anything that, and it's hard to insert that hope into your life when, you know, you're sort of just cruising along on, on cruise control. I think for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people who ha- have no hope and have nothing around them, it's easier to look for, to sort of change your elevation to the eternal than to the right now. Like think about Paul, you know, he's a great example of, of always looking forward and hoping of what's coming. Cause he, he was in such a crappy situation. I think that's an enduring example of that. But also, on the other hand, you know, if you don't have any hope, you can sort of elevate your thought, and that's something that's hard for me. I don't know if you guys have struggled with that, but I think the chat room brings a great point up on that. Yeah. Well, we've, we've, we've got it pretty good. Most of us have it pretty good thing that uh, if we have a want, we usually satisfy that want with something quickly and things. So I think that you're right. That's a, that's a great point. And I think that um, when we think about worldliness, um, I I think that's a great question, is how do we fight worldliness? And uh, one of our chat room guests brings that up, is saying, hey, we're in the world, but not of the world. I think the challenge for the majority of us is that we're in the world, and we are. <laughs> we are of the world. <laughs> yeah. um, we're entangled so much in the things of this world. We're defined by the ways of the world rather than being defined by uh, who God says we are. We So often we let um, our circumstance and we let the words of others define us rather than letting our identity as children of God define us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes back to something, seems like we've we talked about this numerous times on different topics, but it's kind of one of those additional 
trappings maybe of living in a society where we have much, you know, um, it's just so much easier, it seems like, to get entangled, like he said, when we have all these comforts and all this uh, excess that we can so easily get content with what we have and we can say, you know, we do have a good right now. We don't, we don't need that. So I guess the question would be then, because it's not going to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow it's not like yeah. we're going to all of a sudden leave this prosperity that we're living in mm-hmm. um, or whatever situation we're in. So how do we live in the midst of this situation thing with an eternal um, perspective? One yeah. thing I think that all of us could do is we could seek to live a little simpler thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I don't know what that means for all of us, but that's just one thing. We could all seek to live a little simpler so we're not finding strength and hope in the things of this world, but um, resting in the promises Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's um, let's go in a little bit different direction. I want to talk about um, in the assigned reading that that we had for Packer. For those that have have read some of that, um, he gets into the, the chapter on general resurrection. Talks about um, part of this future that we're talking about is a resurrection of the body, and I want to discuss that for a moment and ask you to comment on, you know, why a resurrection of the body? Why? I think of one thing I tend to think of when I think of heaven is I think it is more of a spiritual place where we're, we're you know they're in spirit and we're worshiping God in spirit and things like that. But it's very clear from Scripture that we'll be resurrected with a new body, even a new body that's pretty similar to what what we know ourselves to look like. Uh, we know that when Jesus um, appeared after his resurrection, that he bore a very strong resemblance, you know, so that, that people could recognize him. Um, why why do you think the, that physical resurrection is a is something that is in God's plan? Why why is there a physical form that we will continue on in? Well, for one, I think there's two different directions I'll take this. First thing is this, is that God cares for the physical world. I mean, he created it. Mm-hmm. Thing. And I think the resurrection shows that uh, he wants to be glorified in the physical world. Of what of what she created, our issue, I believe, with the regards of why we think too, we've separated soul and body. Um, mm-hmm. That actually, and this is a debatable, um, sometimes controversial point, is that uh, we're, we're we're one as our, as our soul and body. We've we've separated it out to this to this idea that um, the soul can can go and be just fine. Uh, but our greatest hope is not the disembodiment, which means our greatest hope is not a soul, a spirit floating somewhere, but our greatest hope is really a, a new body thing, where it's energized by the Spirit of God, for it's immortal and imperishable. Um, we've separated the two. I would argue that um, we shouldn't separate the spiritual and the physical so much. That, uh, that really... Um, when the, when the body dies, uh, we die. We're not immortal. We're mortal. We we die at that point. That's a little controversial. Um, and then the, it gets into which we'll get in the coming weeks. So what happens then when we die? Yep. And, and that's what we have to get into a little bit in a couple weeks is, is what happens to us. Mm-hmm. Thing. But that physical resurrection shows God cares for his creation. Thing. And, uh, and also that physical creation is where we have life. Thing. We don't know mm-hmm. life outside of a physical body. Thing. Um, so miscellaneous thoughts yeah and yeah, I, I think that's important to, to understand that too because i think that is very solid consequences on how we live our lives 
it, if we're hoping for a sort of spiritual body separation, all of a sudden that makes us feel and think differently about the world we live in today, which I think, I think is really dangerous, that this idea that all God cares about is my soul and my spirit and, you know, mm-hmm. my physical body is just this flesh that, you know, is, is bad and, you know, and I can, you know, it's all that sort of thing. I think that's dangerous because God created us as one. And, and I think that what's really compels me when I think about the discussion that Richard's taking about is, is even the example of Jesus being resurrected. I mean, one of the key moments in scripture is when they come to the gravesite and they come to the tomb and, and what is it? It, it's empty. His body's not laying there anymore. Mm-hmm. It, his physical body is gone. And, and to me, I think that that's important. I, I think that that's a pivotal moment that shows us that if we truly are going to be raised again with Jesus, and, and that's truly what we strive for, that means it's physical in, in my mm-hmm. book. And, and that's sort of the power of it is that Jesus was walking and they felt his side and they felt the, the swords. And I think that scripture speaks to that very strongly. And, and us who, who in our world today... We down the flesh, which sort of is a misunderstanding of what the word flesh actually means in, in Paul's letters anyways. Mm-hmm. When we down that, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble and, and we don't see ourselves as one creation. Who I look like and who I am today was created by God. I'm loved by God as who I am. Not just spiritually, not in this like cosmic sense, but truly in a physical sense, God loves who I am. Yeah, we've got a great, great question in the, in the chat room, and we're going to get much more in detail on this in a couple of weeks, but great question in the chat about... Do we go to heaven, hell, immediately after death, or not until the second coming? And this is a major area of question, and I would argue a lot of confusion in this area. Um, Where we spend eternity, where we spend eternity, does not yet exist, from my understanding of the teaching of Scripture thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So therefore, where we go at death is not our eternal destination. The best way I can explain it is that there is this intermediate state. I'm not talking about purgatory thing and things like that, but there is this intermediate, what I call, I think other authors call, where I got it from, an intermediate heaven thing. That when we die, we are resting in the presence of Jesus Christ. We are at peace thing. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. The Apostle Paul said he desired to depart and go and be with Christ. We are in the presence of Christ. But that eternal home doesn't come until Jesus returns. We see that really in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that when Jesus comes, the dead in Christ are raised. Those who are left still here come and join Christ together. And then we see it also in Revelation 20 and 21. This new kingdom is, is now um, established because there's a recreation. There's a there's a, um, basically a rehabilitation of, of the universe. So again, I'm going to emphasize that. Where we go immediately after we die is not our eternal state. But it's not some holding bin either. It's not like we're in some yeah. thing like, oh, am I going to go to heaven or am I going to go to hell? What's going to happen? We're not in a holding tank, but we're not in our eternal eternal home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it described. You know, I think this is one of those things we just don't know. It's a mystery. Um, I've heard the theory that it's, you know, a wink of an eye. So we are, we are in this intermediate type of heaven, but if we have died, it'll appear as a wink of an eye. And then the second coming is occurring, even though maybe it's been a thousand years or something. Um, I think we just don't know. I think we, like you said, the wonderful aspect of it and the hope there is that it will be a, a place of perfect peace. And I'm, I'm just excited in two weeks, July 17th, I'm just excited to, to delve into that because I think there are many, you know, many misunderstandings in culture today in the church today on that topic. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited for July 17th to really be able to flush that out mm-hmm. in full. Yeah, just to, I want to 
just kind of reiterate a point you made a little bit ago, and this is something that struck me yesterday, Richard, in your sermon, and that was this idea that Jesus is coming back to earth. And I think that really changes how how we think about earth and about like what God thinks of earth and how highly he values earth. It's not that we're just leaving this miserable place behind and going up to heaven. Like earth is one of God's, you know, crowning achievements, I guess. I mean, this earth matters to him. Therefore, Jesus is coming to redeem earth and to change it, to make it brand new, to make it like an incredible, wonderful place. Um, we, yeah, I, that, that's, I mean, this is God's creation. Yeah. God created this place. He created uh, He created humanity. Mm-hmm. He loves us, cares for us. And, and then he's in the business of bringing redemption, which really means restoration. Mm-hmm. He's in the business of restoring all things to, yeah. to perfection. He's done that through the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we get to experience it a little bit right now. But it's coming, coming in, in, uh, in fullness down the, down, the, yeah. down the road. Yeah, me and Paul yesterday, I think this is, this is a great point we made yesterday when we were talking. We said, a lot of people talk about Jesus as the apocalypse. That is not even, I mean, that's not right at all. To talk about Jesus as the end of the world only vaguely resembles what's actually going to happen. The end of the world isn't that it's changing, maybe. The end of the world as we know it, mm-hmm. but definitely not the end. And I, and I think that we as Christians should really be shouting from the mountaintops. When Jesus comes in the second time, it's not the apocalypse, it's the redemption. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is going to redeem creation, not destroy it, not get rid of it, not end it, but redeem it. And that's an important factor when we think about the hope to come. And this has great implications. I don't have time to get into this tonight. <laughs> this has great implications for everything. We see this played out around the world thing. That people are like, everything's getting crazy and it's just, it's all going to, evil's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yep. That, that's just not true. It, it's just mm-hmm. not true that if you looked at the history of the world, there were times when it was a lot worse than it is right now. And there's times right now where it's worse than it was previously. Mm-hmm. We're not in a golden age. We're not in a, in a horrible age. We are in the age between Christ's first coming and his second coming. Now, are there going to be intense moments before, right before the return of Christ? We see that in Scripture talked about that there are going to be these intense moments. But that has really happened throughout all of history. Because the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the New Testament, was living thinking that Jesus is coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So every the, day, he was, every day like he was living that way. So he, mm-hmm. there must have been stuff going on in the world that matched with the prophecies, the promises that stuff was going to be tough at that time. Because yeah. they believed Jesus was coming um, tomorrow. Got mm-hmm. another great question here in the chat. Why a new heaven thing? Um, this, is kind of, this is where we get a little bit confused, and we'll get more into this in a couple weeks. But the quick answer is this. It's not really a new heaven in the sense of a new heaven and a new earth, but now they're, they're one thing, a new heavens and a new earth. We think of heaven and earth kind of as an upper and a, and a, and a lower. Mm-hmm. Think of heaven right now more as describing the place where God resides thing. Mm-hmm. And in the future, thing that's going to be all one brand new kingdom. So it's really language to describe this new kingdom that's going to be uh, created when, yes. when there's that recreation. So it's it's definitely a challenge. I would really encourage you to read Revelation, the end of Revelation. And again, Revelation is a challenge. But we, should, <laughs> we should read it, though, thinking that God gave us this to give us a picture, a, a picture of hope of what's coming down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mention two books really quick here. One is called Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. Fab, I would highly recommend this book. 
second book is called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Um, two books, they have a little different perspective on different things, but both solid, well-written, will give you a whole new perspective and answers a ton of questions. Very, both of them look to the scriptures, both of them say the scriptures are their authority, which again is one of our essentials. Scriptures are authorities. We want to go to the Bible for this of God's word, not just speculation. And both books do that and do a good job of relaying that. So I commend both books to you if you really want to delve in deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the word you used a little while ago, restoration. It's a, it, it ties into what we talked about last week with salvation, justification, that type of thing. Um, being completely restored, made new. Um, that same word applies here when we talk about this this future hope that we have about earth being made new, restored to this incredible glory um, for eternity. And um, we want to make sure we leave time for a drawing. So oh, yeah, I'm just forgetting all of the... You, uh, <laughs> you need to be keeping track of that. I know all of our listeners are waiting anxiously. I gotta see if I can see my screen over there of who's in the chat room. (laughs) I can write down some names here. All right. While you're doing that, I just wanted to maybe kind of wrap up one point that J.I. Packer makes on page uh, 257 for those of you that have the book. Um, He he points to uh, Paul in Romans chapter 8 saying, Those he justified, he also glorified. And Packer's pointing out here this kind of amazing promise and the certainty that comes from a statement statement like that meaning that those that have been justified by faith in christ that glorification is in essence already happened um because the promise is assured by god and that's all we've got uh we've got Hackett's pointing some technical stuff out here. Sorry, I'm getting <laughs> getting confused. I'm working on a drawing and everything in between. Oh, he's marking a name. Thank you got to get on the list. We'll make sure everybody's included. <laughs> okay, what we're going to do is um, give me a number between Mr. Anderson. You sure you got them all on there now? I think so, yeah. Okay. Let's take a look here. I think, I think right. I've got them on there. You're yeah. missing the one I highlighted. That's what you're supposed to look at. <laughs> right here. No, I highlight. We got, we got one We got here. confusion here, we got folks. this comment right here. Oh, yep. Yep. Thing. All right, here we go, Mr. Anderson. Can you give me a number? Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to do it this mix way. It up. I'm going to mix it up here a little bit. Okay. And we want to make sure it's not in any order here. I want to make it clear, too, that the screen I'm looking at does not have the chat box on it, so I have no idea who these questions have even been coming from. <laughs> oh. We want this to be completely on the up and up, because I know people are... Hey, this is a big... We're giving away a free meal at McCoy's household, want... grilled by Mr. Anderson. Oh, it's this is high fun. quality. They're... People want this bad, and yeah. so we don't want there to be any hard feelings. We want to know this is all completely hey, fair. Hey, total fair. Every chat from here on out, there's going to be something given away. <laughs> yeah, so be right. Hey, it's in your first chat. Giving stuff away. We want people to participate here. Giving stuff away. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell your aunt. <laughs> All right. One okay. through five. I've got, I've got the number under the table. You've got your numbers ready. Yes, I got my numbers ready. Two. Two. All right. Shannon McCrary, you have won yourself a grilled pork loin supper. Shannon McCrary, you've right. won yourself a grilled pork loin supper. We're excited about that. We will be in contact about collecting your winnings. Congratulations. Thanks for participating. Hey, just want to yes. let you know that if you had audio and video troubles tonight, we apologize. We're using a new service and trying to get it all figured out. I'd encourage you to download the podcast. We know at least the audio will be clear and working. And next yep. Monday, we'll get everything up and rolling. Um, and so I'd really encourage you to download that podcast and Prepare questions. We covered a lot of stuff tonight, and we're kind of all over the place. One thing that I'm going to do 
is I'm going to upload a PDF tonight to the Essentials webpage. The PDF provides just kind of a nice little overview of all the scriptures that deal with this issue of Jesus' second coming and some end times, different things. And so it's a kind of a chart slash informational sheet. I'd encourage you to check that out. It's got some information on it and so forth. Um, but we're excited about what's coming in the coming weeks. This coming Sunday, angels, demons, and Satan. Thing, tackling some interesting questions there. Yes. And then the next Sunday, a life after death. Um, heaven, hell, what's it going to be like? So please join us. And thank you so much for your patience tonight. Thank you for joining us. Come back next Monday night, 9.30. We'll be giving away bigger prizes, better <laughs> prizes. Thing. Everything will be... <laughs> Not, maybe not bigger or better, but we'll be here. It might, some, even, some will give it might even be something else. Yeah, we got some from the There's any requests on the bookshelf here. It's all All right, game. we're done. Have a good night, everyone. Good night.